FX Radio and I'm Andrew Whitfield-Cook. And with me on the line today is a researcher of great renown and a career spanning a few decades, and that's uh, Hub Regtop. So now we're going to move on to a hot topic and one that's close to your heart, and that's the use of plant extracts in combination with probiotics to create actives which have then got a, an additive effect or a synergistic effect with health benefits. That's right, and, and, and that's much more um, in, the, in, in the work that I've done with urinary tract infections. Mm. It makes perfect sense to me, you know, that our bacterial friends, you know, we're well versed that they help synthesise vitamins for us and protective byproducts like acetate and butyrate. But what yeah. you're talking about is something that's really quite unique and completely new, a bacterial species looking at fermenting uh, or, or using um, herbs to create new actives in urinary tract infections. Well, we, we, we know that cranberry competes for the, uh, the, the size mm. of the P. fimbriae and the type 1 pili of the E. coli. Mm-hmm. So we know that the, there is a competition, mm. uh, in other words, and that's well known. We know that women who um, drink cranberry juice if you look at the urine, yes, yes, they seem to, on a in vitro level, inhibit the penetration of E. coli on uroepithelial cells. Mm-hmm. That's what we do know. Yep. The question mark is that we're still trying to define whether the packs um, are better, uh, whether the um, what type of packs there is in the cranberry. Um, there's a lot of work going on at the moment, and I think Amy Howe has done a lot of work um, from Rutgers, Rutgers University in the States yeah. on, in the epidemi- on the epidemiology of um, with, um, on, on urinary tract infections and recurrent urinary tract infections. I mean, the, the issue is that there seems to be some evidence of people with recurrent urinary tract infections. There may be some benefit of cranberry, but because everybody's got different cranberries, they have different trials that have a different compounds they're using, it's very hard to to assess what's actually happening. And that came out in a Cochrane report saying that unless we start standardising a few things mm. to know what we're working with, then we might get some proper um, data. But at the moment, it looks like maybe 18, 36 milligrams of packs, which is the procyanidins in cranberry, yep. um, may have, have an effect. So... If we, if we go on from then, then we're saying, OK, we might be stopping the attachment, but what about the invasion? Mm. What about the replication? And what about all the, the inflammatory responses that, that happen in, in urinary tract infections? I mean, the only treatment, if you have a urinary tract infection, is there's a few things you can do, remedial things, but if it's bad, then mm. antibiotic right. treatment is the yeah. way to go. Yeah. Now, the, the fluoroquinolones are the ones that they use at the moment, but at the moment in Australia, the, the resistance of E. coli to fluoroquinolones is actually about 40%. Yeah. So, and it's getting worse. So yeah. maybe you know, we should be looking at something different. Uh, Cipro, Floxin... All the floxin family are the fluoroquinolones. Yep. The first one was maledictic acid, which mm. was used years and years and years ago, right? Now, I'm, I'm making that, uh, that statement of maledictic acid because that stops the replication 
of E. coli. Now, cranberry doesn't do that, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop the replication. So the combination of herbs, which, say, for instance, which we've isolated and looked at, is pomegranate. Mm-hmm. Now, pomegranate, because of its punicalogen concentration, which is the tannins in, in pomegranate, if you just eat pomegranate extract on its own, it binds up the protein, and that's the end of it. It goes out your poo. Mm-hmm. So you need something to say, well, uh, okay, I want to carry it further down in my intestines. So therefore, you have to look at the delivery system. You have to look at probably a delayed dissolution thing, which is which I think there are capsules around now which will allow the capsule to dissolve after about 45 minutes. That means it bypasses the stomach and goes in the intestines. The other thing which is so important with that is the fact that the tannins, which which are in pomegranate, the punicalogen, mm-hmm. right, has to be broken down to elagic acid. And that happens in the lower intestines. Mm-hmm. So you need to get pomegranate down lower into the intestines to be broken down to elagic acid. And what's, what they noticed was, well, what, what, that's great, but what, long, what other things are happening? So when you look at a longer term, as it goes further and further down the intestines, they notice that all of a sudden these little compounds appear in the urine. And these little compounds called urolithrins, which are A, B and C, have very strong antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory activity. And they're in the urine. Right. And that, these are the observations which have just come out recently. And they're saying, well, that's very interesting because what we're trying to do is, A, produce these metabolic products from the, uh, the, tan- the punicalogen, mm-hmm. right? But it's controlled by the microbiota, which mm. means you have to have a flora in your gut which actually then breaks down the tannin to elagic acid. And this is where it gets really exciting because you've chosen specific bacterial species to accomplish this. Yeah, that's right. And, and remember when I said about analodixic acid, mm-hmm. which is the first fluoroquinolones, which were produced for the, 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 the inhibition of E. coli replication? Well, elagic acid does the same thing, which is another major step that here you have got high concentrations of elagic acid being produced because you're allowing the thing, the, the punicalogen go deeper in the, in the intestines. You're producing elagic acid, and by the same time, you're producing the urolithrins in, in, in your urine. So you're stopping the replication, the possibility of stopping the replication because elagic acid is mimicking what nalodixic acid does in, in, in inhibiting the DNA replication of E. coli, right? So you have, A, little, little molecules produced in the urine, which are anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, and you have elagic acid working in the stopping the replication of E. coli. So what specific bacterial species are you using, Hub? Lactobacillus plantarum. Right. Now, lactobacillus plantarum works in combination with pomegranate because... Remember what I said to you about the tannin? Mm-hmm. The tannin has to be broken down, right? Yep. Because if the tannin's punicology is not broken down, it will just go complex to proteins and be pooped out. Mm-hmm. 
what the lactobacillus plantarum does, and they're very specific, it produces a tannase, an enzyme. And that enzyme breaks down putting collagen to elytic acid. Not only that, the, also the, the additive effect of the, of the lactobacillus plantarum is the fact that it also sits on the receptors as well. So, it, it was, so if you have cranberry, you also have the, the added effect of the lactobacillus plantarum, which is a major uh, bacteria or probiotic, which is actually in your intestines, and it, it does. It helps to sit on and inhibit the, um, the, the, the receptor sitting on your epithelial cells. So it aids and helps cranberry, which does a similar thing. So you've got two factors. You've got A, lactobacillus plantarum producing um, tannase, helping pomegranate to break down to a lactic acid, mm-hmm. which then itself can inhibit replication of E. coli, as well as producing urolithrins. Mm-hmm. And that's all controlled by the microbiota in your, in your hindgut. Yep. So, and that's... That's the yep. exciting thing at the moment, that it looks like that, you know, that it, it covers the whole lot. It covers the attachment, it covers the replication of E. coli, and then, and then after that, it also inhibits the inflammation, and also it's bacterial cidal, rather than just bacterial static. Yeah. And so... Any handy hints and tips for success? Like, uh, you know, when when can you elucidate the causative agent, whether it's E. coli-driven or Proteus-driven or Candida-driven? How do you... Well, I, I, think, I think the it looks like that the anti, my, my, anti-biocidal activity, mm-hmm. it can be a Candida as well. It can be Candida. It can be... Uh, Another type of gram-negative organism it can be Proteus. It can be, but the main thing about the, um, the urinary tract infection is the fact that men have less urinary tract infection than women, mm. uh, and that's because the urethra we have a little bit longer urethra than the women have, mm-hmm. and and that's why. Mm. And also, you got to remember the anatomy is is quite quite different mm. in the sense of the. The anus being closer to the the, the 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 vagina and also the urinary tract. Yeah. So, E. coli is the main one. Yeah. And any caveats or any cautions that you'd um, give to the listeners, like for instance, things like uh, interstitial cystitis, where um, you know a high potassium intake might um, exacerbate. I think, I think the thing that happens is you've got to change your pH around. Yeah. That's why the urel or citric acid situation, lots of water, mm. lots of liquid. See, the bacteria is climbing up all the time, mm-hmm. up the urethra, yep. all the time. You yep. can't help that. So you've got to drink lots of moisture. You've got to have a large volume of urination to keep pushing the bacteria out all the time. Mm. I mean, that's an important point. Once a bacteria takes some role, then, of course, you have to have a pH issue. The replication of of E. coli likes alkaline conditions. It doesn't like acid conditions. Yeah. Right. So there there are a couple of issues, as well as, of course, the the protection that you, that you have. And the the other story which I haven't talked about is the fact that 
they're finding out that vitamin D has a role in in the uroepithelial control of of uh, microbial um, bactericidal activity. Now, this is with regards to the catholicide and LL37. Is that right? That's it. Yep. That's it. Yes, and they've shown that women who take um, vitamin D, as yeah. compared to women who do not, the catholicidin levels are quite low in women on uh, who don't take vitamin D. Yeah. And of course, when you have an infection, the catholicidin's concentration goes up. But if you can't produce any more, because you have to genetically synthesize the catholicidin. So in other words, vitamin D activates a gene, mm -hmm. which then activates the synthesis of catholicidins. So, and that's what they, they've shown, that once you increase the catholicidins in women, you have a bacterial cidal effect. In other words, you're killing the bacteria. You're just not inhibiting it. It's um, lodging and, and sitting on the membrane. You're actually killing the bacteria. Mm. So, so just to recap, with women who have got recurrent uh, or urinary tract infections, and certainly recurrent re urinary tract infections, so lots of water, cotton underwear, wiping front to back, yep. Um, yep. Um, pH, uh, balancing your pH, and yep. you know, taking a, a supplement like a ultrabiotic. UTI, urinary tract, urinary care. I, I think me. definitely the combination of, if it's available, the, the pomegranate and lactobacillus um, plantarum story, because the lactobacillus plantarum will keep uh, a, a normal growth going, yeah. and 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 the microbiota which is controlled, mm. rather than uh, you know, I mean, if you have amoxicillin, you immediately you will probably have, end up with a urinary tract infection. Mm -hmm because your vaginal flora changes. The moment your vaginal flora changes, you, you tend to get, your tendency to get a urinary tract infection is much higher. Mm -hmm. so, so that's why they tend not to use amoxicillin in the treatment of... Uh, of urinary tract, um, UTIs. That's right. Mm. So, so taking a, a product like ultrabiotic urinary care and making sure that they get enough vitamin D, whether that's yep. from sunlight or a supplement, and I think the last you, sort of you, as a you've got to get it from a supplement these yeah, days. Yeah. And I mean, if you if you look at the the vitamin D people who say how much sunlight you need, and once upon a time they said that uh, you, you, know, you need to be ten minutes in the sun. <coughs> the latest interview was the, they were saying that in the summer, yes, three times maybe a week. Um, uh, when, when they're talking about exposure, they're talking about a total naked body. Mm. They're not talking about just arms and legs. And they say 10 minutes. Well, that means total total nakedness. In the winter, what they're saying now, well, uh, it's very difficult because, um, <laughs> you know, you, the, the UV is not as high and, um, and therefore you need maybe a longer, longer exposure. So... It's becoming now difficult to say, well, you get enough by sunlight, you might get a spike, you might get a peak of vitamin D, which is high, but can you maintain it? Mm -hmm. Mm. You go to the sun every day. Mm. Um, so the thing is, I think supplementation, you, you've got to remember also coming to the vitamin K story that the production of osteocalcin is regulated by vitamin D. Mm. So if you want increase in osteocalcin, you need vitamin D, mm. but the osteocalcin may not be active until you carboxylate with vitamin K. Right, right. 
So vitamin D and vitamin K, they go together, hand in hand. Yeah. So I think one of the last caveats is any progression of symptoms in especially a woman with the urinary tract infections, like, for instance, blood in the urine or... Uh, rigors, back pain, that sort of thing, fevers, chills, then, you know, that warrants uh, medical intervention then, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. See, what I'm hoping is now that these concepts are coming up, because we need to have a bacterial cidal effect, we need to stop the replication. Mm. We might be able to stop the invasion. We need to stop the replication. Of E. coli, yeah, and then we need to stop the damage that it does, in the sense of the inflammatory response, because the pain and all the uh, other exfoliation that you're seeing is due to the, you know, the uncontrolled body responding to an organism, mm. which is saying, well, you know, there's an inflammation um, going on. I have to, I have to respond from an immune point of view. So, yeah. so if you can overcome all that, in other words stop the invasion, stop the replication, and then you might these products might actually work from the time when you actually get the infection rather than trying to work on people with recurrent infections. Mm. And I think you've just recapped the the major use of ultrabiotic urinary care in that one sentence. That's um, right. Yeah. Yep. It's antibacterial action. Hub Regtop, I thank you so much. Your your career has spanned so many decades. You've done so many things in your career, and it's of great interest. And, and I really thank you for this recent research that you've done, say, in the last decade or so on vitamin K2, MK7, and also, I think from a practical level, um, the the work that you've done with bacterial species using herbs um, to activate, if you like, certain... Um, you know, biochemical entities. Um, I think that's a, a real winner for the market. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We we got we got to understand, uh, you know, the metabolism of these herbal compounds. And I don't think we've evaluated it properly in the past. I think we're starting to see now that we need the the, the bacterial uh, microbiota we have seems to be linked, linked much, much more to pathology these days. Mm. If you're looking at, while autistic children, why do they have a different, um, say, for instance, microbiota than normal children? Mm. Why is the microbiota in, 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 in different pathology so different to humans? I mean, is yeah, our diet crimes. changing our microbiota? Is... Um, yeah, from a nutritional point of view, is our intake of food uh, so different that we're constantly interfering with our normal biota, microbiota in our, in our intestines, mm-hmm. which is re- really re- replicating and modifying our chemistry, including yeah. brain chemistry. Hub, thank you so much for joining us okay. on the line today. Really appreciate right. your time. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. This is FX Radio, and I'm Andrew Whitfield-Cook. <laughs>